And what a forest has is I think like a redwood forest, the trees are spaced the same, but there's other foliage. So it's not just dirt. Mm. So there's other stuff that makes it seem like it's much more full. Whereas this, it's, you know, it's mostly desert. Wander our way over, you know, because this is wandering ways. What's Bigfoot possibility? Blink. Blink. What's up? Hello. Welcome. It is another wonderful Wednesday with the Wandering Ways crew. Uh, it's your guy, Reverend Marcus, with the other, your guy, Ranger Zach. Uh, yeah. how we doing, Ranger Zach? Better than you, you little sick guy. I'm glad we're not recording this podcast live together, because I don't want to be getting sick with, with what you have, but I'm good. good. I, <laughs> you know, I've taken the last two weekends of my life, and I've been able to get on over to the good old Paradise Valley. You know, the one without the Dutton family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The real Paradise Valley. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, me, Jared, and, uh, well, that was it. Me and Jared, we did an early morning <clears throat> sunrise in the Lamar Valley in Yellowstone Park. We saw, um, saw some coyotes real up close we saw um, a lot of buffalo um saw a moose early in the morning um some good elk um saw some wolves in a spotting scope really 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 far away you know it was like oh that little like speck on that hill yeah that's a wolf and you're like oh looking through his body okay yeah um which is all right. It's fine. It's cool to see. Um, yeah, Lamar and Valley like for dip. sun uh, for sunrise is the time to do Lamar Valley and sunset. We did it both. Yeah. Well, uh, honestly, I think I think I if I only could do one, I would pick sunrise. Right. No, and it is good. I mean, the mornings in the Lamar Valley. I think what that's what makes it so special is you do get like the bear encounters the moose encounters the um the fucking wolf encounters because they are more active at night so that early morning they're still kind of active and they're going down to go bed down during the day yeah um and we've had really good morning. i've always had really good morning encounters even out like hunting in eastern montana you know you do like me and my dad that one time we saw a wolf out there were like that's no coyote like that yeah. thing's as tall as a deer, <laughs> you know, like it was, uh, but it's cool. You know, you see those things, um, you experience those things. And sometimes too, you just like sit in a place, like you go sit and just chill for two, three hours. The things that can come to you, uh, come around to that area. You know, we in life, we're so busy and so just caught up in our own selves and how things are viewed and how things are seen that like, we don't realize like those moments, those interactions with wildlife, those interactions with one another are so just like random. That's like, Oh yeah, they were walking by when this was walking by, this is what happened, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause like Jared, when we go to the Lamar Valley, he really wants to see otters again. And the place we saw otters 
obviously he starts going back to more and more and more, which like, I get like, yeah, let's start. Like we see him here. Let's go sit there for a little bit. Let's go see if we can see something and nothing. But like, that's the fun of it. You know, every time you go to Yellowstone, it's a new experience. You know, it's a, I I know exactly what you mean by how you keep going back to that otter spot because in Yellowstone, Every time we reach that bridge, you keep telling me we're going to see a black bear. This is where the black bears are. I have yet to see a black bear at that bridge, but we keep going back. And every time you keep telling me there's going to be a black bear. Jared uh, saw one with his family, I think, when they last went there. At the bridge? Yeah. Maybe they hear I'm in town and they don't go by the bridge, but I bet. And I've, I've been at that bridge a few times. I know you have. It's that bridge and then the other bridge closer, kind of closer to uh, to the Lamar River. I think it's the one that crosses the Lamar River. And then you have the one that crosses the Yellowstone there um, where there's good bear. And then another good spot I've always seen good for black bear there is by the petrified tree. Mm-hmm. That's a good black bear spot. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I like the uh, bears. I mean, you just got to respect them. You know, when we were in Glacier, we were reading the book about how, you know, like it's really you, you interacting with a mama bear and cubs or a sick bear or some, you know, some, you know, a malnourished bear. Most of the time they just want to be left alone. Heck when they see people, you, you can tell like every time we do go to the park and you do get around those bears, the more and more people show up at that bear gym, the more and more that those bears are like, fuck this. Like, I'm just going to walk away from you. I'm not, I don't want to be around this. Um, yeah. It builds up anxiety um, for the bear. Yeah. yeah. But we didn't see, well, there's this one den kind of also by the petrified tree that there's a bear supposedly sleeping in and you can kind of see him poke his head out every once in a while. Um, do you know where I'm talking about by the petrified tree? Yeah. I, I know where the petrified tree is. Okay, but so you know when you're on the road right there on the main road, yeah. And there's the pull out. There's a pull out on the north side, and you'll sometimes see like people with their spotting scopes or cameras pointed down, mm-hmm. uh, across the way because there's kind of like a hill. There is a a hole there. There's a bear den and this bear hibernating in there. But he even comes back to that in the summer, like that's his home. Oh. Um, so there's good just bear activity in that area. Um. I don't know. I mean, I'm about it. I like bears. <laughs> we could talk about bears all day. Um, I mean, this isn't the time of year to see a lot of bears. No, it's not. It's a, a good time to see, you know, moose. Like, I thought seeing that moose was good. And the bison are always fun in the snow, especially when they got their head just pushing it. And it's funny because me and Jared, and I want to get your opinion on this, me and Jared were having the conversation. So, like, we're up close to, like, Cook City. And you have the big bison sitting there, big old bull bison in like two feet of snow, just using his head, pushing it. Right. But then you go down to like Gardner and right now there isn't that much snow. So the bison aren't pushing around with their heads. They're just eating the grass like as it grows out of the snow. And it's like, why would you as a bison like know that? Like you would know like, yeah, there's grass down the way. But no, I want to dig for it up here in the snow. Uh, maybe there's a territory thing, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, probably. But it's just interesting because it's like a big herd animal too, you know? Yeah, I'm sure like if it is a territory thing, um, it's because there's two different herds. Um, but 
that would be my guess of why it, it'd be why the ones digging through the snow and the others just living his best life. Yeah. Yeah. I just, to me, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Cause it's like, it's not that much further, but you're, you're here <laughs> digging yeah. away. Yeah. Right. You know, um, also you just got to do with what you got right there in front of you. So. Yeah, that's fair too. No. Um, I heard you got you got something special for us this this uh this morning or this yeah afternoon. well I, I wanted to give a shout out to our good friends um this isn't part of what this part of the shout out is but our good friends at a uh, good old I know Squatch um they sent me some stuff I haven't opened it at all so so right there I should in the mail. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have sent you that stuff that I already sent you because it's it looks like. I know Squatch hooked it up, hooked Mark Buddy up. Yeah, uh, so, you know, we have we had them on two weeks ago. So if you haven't checked it out, uh, make sure you go check out that episode. It's absolute treat and a half of an episode, the interview, both uh, Rick and Hans there. Um, you know, make sure you're going to check out uh, I Know Squatch on Etsy. At I Know Squatch, they're on Instagram, uh, Facebook, a lot of great stuff there. So make sure you're going out doing that stuff. But anyways, they sent, they hooked me up. Super thankful because they're awesome. Um, and looks like I got a couple shirts, um, which is sweet. Let's see what the first one is. Nice blue. Oh, we got stickers too. So one second. <laughs> we got That's some stickers. We got one that looks like the Jurassic Park logo. That and then we you. just got, we got a bigger, uh, bigger one of uh, the notorious. Bigfoot, and then uh, this one's actually kind of funny. It's all Marlboro one. I got so. You. <laughs> um, but make sure, yeah, you go check out. You know, I got the stuff on there. Uh, check out I know Squatch. They're great people. Uh, love having them on. We'll probably have them on again. Actually, I know we will for sure. Have them on again. Uh, anyways, first Kelly T-shirt here. Oh is hell yeah! Nice little symbol there. Uh, I know Squatch right across the front. Great nice. shirt, great color, blue. Yeah, it'll really bring out your eyes. Yeah, it probably would, to be honest. The blue really <laughs> does that normally. Uh, I get that compliment a lot. Really brings out your eyes, Mark. Oh, you got and the famous Strider one. Yeah. Yep, there we go. He's on the so, skateboard. Yeah, thank you. I know Squatch actually just found a stick, another sticker here. So another oh, dude. That that's the so, that's man that's a logo they don't use that logo anymore yeah uh so super thankful for i know squatch those guys are absolutely fantastic make sure you go out check them out on etsy um you know etsy i know squatch check them out on instagram facebook they even got twitter here so make sure you go check them out they got clothing hats stickers can coolers buttons wristbands field guides and more so make sure they're awesome people uh you're friends of the brand so check them out but we're not here rick's, to talk they got rick's what? book too his there you go fourth edition right yeah his uh they got his book on um stick structures so you can learn about how uh, bigfoot makes the stick structures out there so when you're out adventuring and you can find a nice stick structure you can be like hey i know a little something something about that well when he's with the big fit research organization the bfro so that's cool you know it's official it's legit i guess you know 
a hundred percent. So it makes it way more legit when it's like that, but we're not here to talk Bigfoot today. Um, we are here to talk. Uh, we're actually, we're here to answer questions today. That's what we're really here for. We're here to answer the questions that you have asked us. Uh, the wanderers have reached out, asked us some questions. It's time to get back to you. Um, we've prepared roughly three questions each. So we'll just kind of graze on through these lovely questions. Um, I think I'll start off. I'll start off with my first question. It's just going to be that much easier to do it that way. Uh, first one comes from the great state of Virginia. Um, we have quite the following out in Virginia. That one always surprises me when I see it. Uh, but so thank you. Uh, question is, what is the best park to visit in the month of March? And I should rephrase that, best parks. What are the best parks to visit in the month of March? Um, so I, what, what do you think there, Zach? I'm going, I'm going like, I think like if we were to do a big bend, I think March would be a perfect time to do it. I think you're going to get a lot of the spring bloom. I think you're going to start getting those like 80, maybe 90 degree days where it gets up, up there in temperature, but you're still going to get the cool nights. Uh, so if you are camping, it's going to be good. Um, same with kind of like the Florida parks, you know, right before that spring humidity really sets in. Um, personally, I think you'll get a good experience. You'll get, I mean, you might like summer, obviously you get, each season has its benefits, right? So March, you're getting the more spring. Uh, I've been to like Bryce Canyon in March, not that great. Zion was pretty cool in March, but you're still going to get snow in some places. Um, Grand Canyon, perfect time to go in March. Um, when we were like, I was there, it was a good, good time. But the weather places too, right? Like it just depends on the time of the year where you're going. So it's always like keep an eye on it. Um, but know that, especially when you're going to these parks, you know, like a, a Joshua tree, a, yeah, parks in Arizona. Like, you know, in December, I went to um, the Hoover Dam. There's all that, you know, that like it was fine. It was 50 degrees. But just kind of know that everything has its seasons and there's different things to do in those seasons. That's kind of what I was trying to say, you know. Yeah, 100%. Um, I didn't think of like a big bend for March uh, until you mentioned it, but I think – yeah, that far south, I, I do actually think that would be a really good time to like go to a big bend. Um, a lot of those parks that get kind of like notoriously hot, um, you know, this might be a really good time to go. So maybe even like a Death Valley, um, although that could be probably pretty cold um, just because of where it's located. But, you know, I, I think it could also be pretty sweet uh, depending on the rainfall. You know, if it's like this year, there's been a ton of rainfall, so maybe the flowers come out in death valley that's like a once in a lifetime uh type deal um but when i first heard the question or saw the question um my first thought was like i would go <laughs> this is a typical like rain kind of question so i love the rain and so it's like i would go somewhere where it's wet and you can see the water really kind of go uh so like somewhere where the waterfall so i my thought was like olympic national park or um something kind of like along those lines um but that's just because i like the wet 
And you're saying because that's March, right? Like the spring. Yeah, it's in March. That spring wetness, uh, that'd be the place to do it. Yeah, no, you're going to get that, especially in like your redwoods, those rivers. You're going to get that in the crater lakes. You're going to, you know, even in a Yellowstone, possibly depending on the year, you know, however the melt or how much snow they get in the winter. Um, you're, you know, yeah, your Rocky Mountain National Park, um, New Mexico, beautiful, beautiful that time of year, you know. Um, all yeah, you know, I, I don't know, like some of those. You know, like a Yellowstone, a Rocky, I bet there's still too much snow to really get the most out of it. So you want to go like uh, probably like in maybe Acadia. That might be far enough on the coast where it's more damp. Um, You know, then maybe if you got farther down into like the south in that area, that'd be a good area to go. Um, But I'd try to stay away from where it's like notoriously snowy. Yeah, no, you're not wrong there. Um, but you can get some good runoff in some of those places in the spring. Um, yeah, no, Olympic is kind of cool. I mean, me and Matt went to Olympic National Park over um, Memorial Day, right? Labor Day, Memorial Day, the early week. Oh, that's the May. Yeah, Memorial Day. That's when we went. I yeah. mean, that. I mean, you were getting there was a, there, the rivers weren't people were fishing them, um, but like you could tell like. You go there a couple months before they were pretty high. Yeah. Very green. Um, because I heard they had a hot summer too up in that area. Um For sure. I have an interesting question. Okay. And I saw this one. This one doesn't come from our, our, our viewers. Our viewers, if you do have a question for us, please shoot us an email at wanderingwayspodcast at gmail.com. W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G-W-A-Y-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. And you can send us that uh, question you have. But this one this one was one I was kind of browsing some news articles and I came across this and I really wanted to get your opinion. I really wanted to ask this question so teddy roosevelt national park okay that's the one in north dakota they got you know kind of the badlands of north dakota they're going to remove the wild horses or there's talk of removing the wild horses from this national park what are your thoughts on like oh. removing wild horses from like a park like that um i don't know it's kind of a loaded question on just getting like removing the wild horses um because initially i want to know what kind of impact they have kind of on that ecosystem um you know what are the pros and cons of kind of eliminating them are they providing any cons currently are they not providing or any pros are they providing a con to it so i don't necessarily have a really good answer for that right now um if i'm going off of the quick hitter you know if they are truly native to the area um i would have to say i'm not a fan of getting rid of the wild horses because they've been there they're part of that ecosystem they have a reason for being there um if they are like not part of they're not naturally there not natively there i'd say yeah Go ahead, um, get rid of them because they've created something. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's addition by subtraction. Uh, so 
you know, I don't necessarily have a great answer for you right now, just because I don't have all of the information. I didn't even know there were wild horses up there. Well, I have the information right here and I'll, I'll read it to you here because we do have wild horses even here in Montana. And mm-hmm. when it comes to wild horses too, they aren't native, right? Their horses come from Spain uh, natively, I believe. And they like, they were introduced by the Spanish here in Americas, right? Like the Comanche and tribes like that in the uh, Chachon out in the, you know, West, they were the first tribes to actually get horses from the Spanish. And they were known for their large number of horses and trading them. Um, so it became part of the Plains culture, the plain, native Plains culture, but it wasn't introduced until really the Spanish had uh, touch with uh, the Americans. But um, so Sarah Oak Coleman, North Dakota's tourism director, said her office is preparing to comment on the proposed removal of the horses. We're looking into the proposals and evaluating any visitor data or social media engagements we've had on the horses at Theodore Roosevelt National Park in order to determine what comments we will provide prior to the January 31st deadline, she said. Mike Nowatsky, a spokesperson for government for Governor Doug Bergman, said the governor had no immediate comment, but that can change after the park holds a public meeting on January 12th. Cami Carpenter, spokeswoman for, for Senator... John Hoven, Republican North Dakota, said Senator Hoven encourages interested North Dakotans to share their views on the livestock management plan with the National Park Service during the public comment period, which closes on January 31st. It is important for the national parks to take into consideration the comments received and work with local stakeholders throughout this development of a new plan. Uh, Senator Kevin Kramer, Republican, also encouraged consistent constituents to make their voices heard. I encourage all all to participate in public comment period for Teddy Roosevelt National Park Livestock Management Plan to address populations of the horse and longhorn steer in the park, he said in a statement. Um, so, right. Yeah, I mean, that's... They just... Basically, it's, it's not... Uh, Right here, it says, I, su- I support Theodore Roosevelt's National Parks Management Plan, he said in a statement they have done the research and will make the best decision based on science and- so future generations can enjoy the park. These are tough decisions, but emotion can't outweigh what is best for long-term sustainability. So it sounds like that's what's supporting the removal. Yeah, uh, it Roosevelt sounds like has- Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it sounds like there's some sort of impact that they're doing to the park itself. Um, so in that standpoint, you know, I, I am in favor of, uh, getting rid of the horses. Right. And the argument to keep them essentially is Roosevelt himself common frequent on seeing wild horses wandering the range, stray ranch stock or American Indian ponies that got loose. The ancestry of the park horses traces its lineage to American Indian ponies, including horses surrendered by sitting bull and his followers at Fort Burford in 1881, as well as some ranch stock. Um, they, the wild horses have been a fixture of the park since in, inception in 1947, but for three decades, the park service tried to remove the herd, conducting periodic roundups using helicopters and riders on horseback. So they started that in the sixties. Okay. So, and they've um, maintained it since 1978 from anywhere from 35 to 60, but up, right now it's up to 200. 
and they say about 150 for uh, good health. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of for getting rid of them. Um, you know, they're not native to it. There's obviously some sort of impact that's going to have a long-term effect. Um, you know, maybe you know, depending on their management plan, if they do it slow enough, you can see if there's any negative effects by getting rid of them maybe they've become part of the ecosystem to where it's a benefit to have them uh i don't know that question but you know if you manage it right and you get rid of them correctly uh, i i think you could find out before it's too late um in the removal process so um but i think i'd have to nod with the uh getting rid of the horses yeah, and if the park does remove the horses, uh, American Indian tribes will be the first at given the opportunity to receive the animals, and then if any are not taken, they'll be sold at auction by the GSA. So there you go. Cool, fantastic nice. question. <laughs> gets you talking. Uh, gets you. Talking. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. My next question. Uh, this one comes from the great state of Washington. Um, this is kind of another this or that for a month for parks. Um, this question is, would you go to Crater Lake or Glacier National Park in the month of April? What do you think? You said Crater? April? Crater Lake or Glacier? I think it's actually a fascinating question because the two parks are kind of very different. Uh, I would say, I mean, Glacier, you're you're not going to get the Glacier experience in April. I mean, you might get up to Lake McDonald. Um, you might even be open to get to the Avalanche Lake campground area. Maybe do that Avalanche Lake. Lake. But there's going to be a lot of snow in that area, I assume. Um, you're not going to be able to do Going Sun. You're not going to be able to do, like really much on the east side like two medicine will probably be closed it might open up but normally i think that's more may i think they start opening up in may um manny glacier might be open that time um but the hiking trails are going to have a lot of snow april you're also on spring bear um so you got a lot of bears out and no activity i mean there'll be stuff to do around glacier in the forests um if you're just down there to camp and just take in the spring air. Yeah. Crater kind of the same thing. Cause you're at really high elevations. You're still going to be dealing with snow. Yeah. Yeah. hundred you know I mean? percent. That's what's fascinating about it is, you know, both parks are limited this uh, time of year. Usually um, I would say glaciers probably more limited than uh crater Lake. Um, so you know, while you can still do the West Rim Drive there in Crater, um, you know, you're not doing the full rim. You can still go to the Mazama Village. You can go up to the village there at the rim. So you can get those. You're going to get great views of the lake, you know, especially if there's snow. You're going to get fantastic views of the lake regardless uh, if you go uh, when it's a bunch of snow or not. Um, so, you know, I think because of how limited Glacier is, I would probably lean more towards Crater um, just because you're going to be able to do more. There's some solid snowshoe 
snowshoeing in that area that time of year. Uh, I know snowmobiling is kind of big around there. Um, so, you know, Crater would get my vote for April. Um, but it, it's honestly kind of a tough because they're both limited that time of year, this, that time of year. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying and agree that like, you're not going to get, I think the a true full experience of those parks during that time. Um, you're going to have the, like, to experience Crater, you either have to go in the, in the winter or summer, I feel like. Because you're going to get, like, that true Crater feeling where it's, like, in the fall and spring, you're getting that kind of, like, oh, it's kind of good weather, kind of bad. It's not that great to do anything where, like, the summer you have a better chance of sunny days. In the winter, you have a chance of snow. So the snow activities that the park has to offer. Whereas like Glacier, you don't really have the winter activities as much as like a park that Crater has. I mean, there's still activities to do in like Kalispell and places around there. Um, Like you could go snowmobiling and whatnot. But like as the park as a whole, there's not a whole lot to do in the winter. But your spring things start opening up, but glacier, I mean, glacier really doesn't open up to me until July. Yeah. Like you can't really do like the full glacier spectrum till July. Yeah. hundred percent. I that's, think so. And that's why you go to glacier. You go for the summer, like spectacular. Oh, wow. Look at that. You know, um, that's my thought. No, I, I think you're kind of on point there. You know, uh, Glacier doesn't fully open up until end of June, end of July. Um, and, you know, you want to go, you want to see Glacier for what Glacier is. You know, you're, you go early, late June, early July, you're still probably going to get snow. So, I mean, you're still going to get that aspect of it. You're going to be able to do more. Um, you, you may even still be limited <laughs> when you get there. Um at those time of year so one of the questions i had actually from one of my i have a few i have like five um but one of the questions was last two weeks of june visiting glacier is that a good time and then our vehicle registrations reservations needed i think vehicle reservations are going to be from basically memorial day to labor day in that park you're going to have to have them to do going to the sun that's going to be um Again, like we're talking last two weeks of June, even that, like we've been there this year. What it was July 6th, July 5th, we we're in the park. We were not able to, no one, the going to Sun Road wasn't open yet. It didn't open up till the, what, the 12th, the 10th of yeah. July this year. So, which we learned a fun fact that they actually put the guardrail up every year yeah, every because year. of avalanches and rocks. Which makes sense. You're paying for it. Regardless, you're going to have to fix it. So might as well reuse it. Yeah, 100%. But. So I was kind of thinking of getting into sport fishing again, but I feel like I need a good quality net. Well, you know what, Reverend? I got the key solution for you. You know, our friends at Blue Ribbon Net make this eco-friendly aquafade bag so you're not hurting the environment it's 100 biodegradable plus 
the wood is locally sourced and it is also biodegradable and it's just such a great company to use. Um, the Blue Ribbonettes, they're here in Bozeman, Montana. And we even have a discount code. That's right. If you use the code RUGARU10, that's right. That's my Jeep, the RUGARU. RUGARU10, R-U-G-A-R-U-1-0. Uh, you're going to get some discount on a blue ribbon net. You know, you can get the long one if you're fishing the big fish or you can get just the good river one, you know, if you're like me and just want to catch a lot of fish. So again, make sure you go check out Blue Ribbon and use the promo code RUGARU10. Hey, hey there, Reverend. Um, I heard that you might be running dry on your sticker supplier. Yeah, I've been looking around and I've kind of like run out of cool stickers to buy and put on water bottles and stuff. Well, I, I mean, have you seen the stuff Josh has been coming out with lately? No, I have not. Well, he is doing some really cool stuff with the Shop LS574. Yes, they're working with indigenous communities and making some really cool stickers. Um, he has a really cool buffalo mountain sticker. There's even water bottles, hats, sweatshirts, the whole swag. And we even got a discount code for you guys. Yes, if you use Wandering Ways at Shop LS574, you're going to be getting a discount on your next purchase. But not only that, you're going to be giving a percentage of that sale to the Little Shell Tribe, as well as they donate a dollar of every sale to murdered and missing indigenous women. So just such a cool thing going on there. You know, you use the code WANDERINGWAYS, W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G-W-A-Y-S, and you put that in there, boom, you're getting a discount. So speaking, uh, we've been talking a lot of uh, stuff about parks, should we get rid of horses? Uh, a lot of things, uh, which is a lot of cool shit out there. And so it's time for my favorite segment, uh, Cool Shit in Nature. So I'm going to pull up. I've got two as per the use um, for this week. Uh, this one is actually pretty cool. Um, so it's the, it's next to a lake and or I think I don't know if it's a lake, but it's next to a giant body of water and the water will splash up onto the bridge and ice it um very very much um which is very very cool to see yeah but that's that gross my that's like like that brown ice you know what i mean like that's well, I mean, that's 100 melt oh yeah really? it's i mean it's it's gross ice but i mean like they, they show the the video What's or the I think it's a gate that it's like a bridge you can normally like walk across. Well, are those birds? Oh, down below. Yeah. There's some ducks. Oh. <laughs> I'm over here looking at the ducks. This guy's like, yeah. gate. well, there's no, a I... gate that I think is really cool that it like how the water affects it. No, that is cool. I mean, it is really cool how like it just eats, eats it up. But yeah. That's that. That when that starts melting, that slush. Ugh. No, no, thank you. Yeah, it's Ontario. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's up in Canada, but man, this would be. It'd be a wild one to see, for sure. 
Uh, second one, uh, it's just a funny bear. Um, oh, trying yeah. to get some bird feeder. Do that, do that thing. but like, see, that's like what people don't understand about like they're so used to like the cartoons, Yogi Bear, the Lazy Bear, like that kind of stuff. Like, look at that. That's like a good six feet. That thing just jumps. Oh, 100 percent He's got a good little jump to him. Uh, yeah, and then he, he grabs that pole really well. He just falls. <laughs> yeah, because he probably use normally when they jump from tree to tree like that, or whenever they do that, you know, it's like he can latch on. There's that's metal. He can't latch those claws on the metal. Well, you know, it's a bird feeder, so it's probably trying to be squirrel proof as well. So it's probably right. on that pole, very, very slick of some sort. So, you know, the squirrels probably can't get it either. So, you know, that bear is being awfully ambitious. There's some good food in that, though, you know, if you're trying that hard. Oh, 100%. I saw another funny, like, meme. It was like a bear, uh, kind of like army crawling on a fence post and it was like man the squirrels are huge around here because like this bear like going and, and look like how a squirrel moves but it was definitely 100 yeah. percent a bear that's funny no like and then you like go to glacier right and it's like you camp in the back country and it's like okay here's this like bear proof pole that we put out in the woods that like hang your food from you're telling me a bear can't jump out and grab that Oh, right. Well, I, I don't know. You know, you know, they say like, I'm going to go a different species here, but they say like raccoons, you know, the wild, the ones in the forest are more likely to get hit by a car than the ones in the city. Oh, you know, maybe the ones in the back country, they're not used to that pull. They don't know the tricks like a, you know, a city bear that's got to get the bird seed like that. So maybe legitimately the bears can't get it. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a science to it, but I mean, it only takes one bear to learn how to do it and then teach his buddies. And then, and then there, then, then you have the bad news bears. Yeah. Well, it's bad news for some, I don't know if it's bad news for the bears. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, we're going to go to a place where I believe there's no bears. There could be bears. Um, The next question I have is, what do you I'm gonna ask the reverend because you've been there? What do you recommend doing for one day, one single day in good old Joshua Trey? Um, actually, you know, ironically, I was just talking to someone who spent their winter break in Joshua Tree. Um, and they're a rock climber, and so you know, if you're a rock climber. Joshua tree is a pretty sweet spot. Um, you know, she was telling me about, you know, if, if you're familiar with the rock climbing culture, they call it like the, you know, dirt culture. And it's not like a negative connotation. That's just kind of what they call it. Cause it's just people that typically will leave out, live out of the bands and kind of drive to climbing spot to climbing spot. They picked up the nickname dirt bags. Um, and she said, they're in uh Joshua tree. The climbing is like, it's all winters in the winter. So, you know, if you're a climber right there, then and there, I would, uh, that I would do that in Joshua tree. If you had a day, um, if you are not uh, a climber, um, I'll tell you what I did. Cause I spent a day in Joshua tree, uh, woke up early and I did the drive through the park. 
Um, and I ended up doing, I ended up making like four stops. I did one medium-ish hike and then like three really kind of short, really short hikes. Uh, you know, they're pull-offs. You kind of just go, there's a, like a cactus garden. Uh, that's a really cool spot to check out. I can't remember the name of it. Otherwise I would say it. Uh, there was like an oasis, um, which is all right. I mean, I, you know, there's other cooler stuff in uh, Joshua Tree. Um, I hiked to the highest point in Joshua Tree. That was like my longer-ish hike. And it's not even that long. I think it's like four miles round trip. Um, it's nothing real crazy. Um, worth doing the drive, seeing the trees. They're pretty, pretty wild to see them just kind of oddly sit out like that. That's what gets me every time uh, I go to jo or think about Joshua trees, how like weirdly spaced out these trees are. Um, so I, I honestly, I'd get out and check out the trees a little bit more uh, is what I would do, but get a moderate hike in, make some other stops, do that whole uh, road that drives right on through the park. And you're going to see a lot of Joshua trees. So um, it's really cool. I highly recommend going. You know, I'm curious. Uh, what is the average Joshua tree age? Do you know that? Uh, average what? Joshua tree age. Oh, I do not know that off the top of my head. Let me... Uh, that's what Google is for. Right? I know. I did that. I just was curious oh. if you knew what they say. Average lifespan about 150 years. You no, know, because as you're talking about them being weirdly spaced out, uh, I I was going to think like, what? like, yeah, why? Like, do they live forever? Or like, how do they like, why don't they just pop up right next to each other? They are like a weird desert plant. You know, they kind of look like those cactuses. You, you do see like the saguaro cactuses, but a little different, you know, like it's, I don't know. It's like, I, like they grow differently. I've never yeah, been uh, on my list. I think why like it's weirdly spaced out um is just because of what i'm used to which is like a redwood forest or like a true forest and what a forest has is i think like a redwood right. forest the trees are spaced the same but there's other foliage so it's not just dirt mm. so there's other stuff that makes it seem like it's much more full Whereas this, it's, you know, it's mostly desert and sand. So it's, it's like this weird, there's just nothing really there. So then they're just like weirdly spaced like that. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I want to, you know, yeah. it's, it's on my list. that one's on my list. Uh, that Death Valley right there close by is on my list to just I need to hit those Southern California parks. It's, you know, people like them. But if I had a day, percent Sequoia, gotta throw the visitor center in there. If I have a day there, oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, you gotta go to the visitor center. That's a big one. <laughs> um, my my next question, uh, comes from a nice wanderer from the great state of Ohio, um, and they're asking for recommendations for the PNW. They're gonna be flying into Seattle. They want to check out uh north cascades rainier olympic they do not want to go north into canada because they've done that before but they want to head south towards crater lake ending in crater lake so they've asked for recommendations 
once they head south from those wonderful Washington parks. So this is a fun one because it's not all national parks. There's just mostly state parks and other great, awesome landmarks. You're, you're saying coming through Oregon, huh? Well, they want to go to Crater Lake, so you're pretty much seeing the whole state of Oregon. Yeah, I would take that what that highway, that Cascades Highway down from uh, the Dalles that takes you just right down the middle of the Cascades, kind of. It takes you through Redmond, it takes you through Bend, it takes you down through, uh, like, all the way down to Klamath. Um, you go through, like some really cool towns and just work your way to crater. I think that would be, that would be the way to go. I mean, if you want to hit the Portland and see the Portland and do that, go for it. But I, I mean, honestly, I think that highway, if you're doing more of the nature route, that would be the way to go. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that's a horrible route. Um, to be honest, I think if you want to really see Oregon and that's like the route that you're going to do and you have the time, because you're going to probably honestly need the time to do this. Um, I would make Olympic your last stop for the Washington parks. And then I would go down the coast of Washington and then go down the coast of Oregon a little bit, cut over um, towards like Salem areas. That way you can get like silver falls, uh, that state park there. And then even go down to Eugene and cut over the McKinsey river highway. Yeah, that will put you over on that Cascade Lakes highway and then make your way down to Crater Lake. Um, so that way you kind of get a taste of all Oregon when you do that. Yeah, I'm about it. I'm about that way. I like that because, it, you know, if, you, if you're coming out that way, I was thinking you're coming out of uh, Rainier National Park. So kind of coming yeah. down. Um, yeah, you, you know, to throw the Oregon coast in there, especially if you got the time to do it, definitely that Oregon coast drive. Um, everyone in their lifetime should really, you know, you start in Olympic and end in the Redwoods would be the way to do yeah. that. Still drive. Um, it's just phenomenal. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. Um, but I like that. Yeah. Mackenzie River Highway you're talking about. That is a beautiful one. You could do the blue pool off of that. Yeah. there. Um, I mean, there's a ton you can do off that highway a lot i mean as it's a you fish the mackenzie river heck yeah Um, a lot of waterfalls you could check out yeah waterfalls tons of organized full and then work your way down klamath falls get to crater boom love it yeah fly out of medford you're back you're back home in ohio no problem yeah yeah so um that's how that's how I would do it. Um you know, that's if you really want to see as much as you can of Oregon. Uh yeah, you can see a lot if you do it that way. You really can. Um yeah. My my next guest, my next guest is uh curious. Um they don't say where they're from, but they ask how to best spend one full day in Capitol Reef. So kind of similar to Joshua Tree. This one, maybe you're waking up and staying the night there, uh, moving on to the next park the next day, coming in late the night before. Um, Capitol Reef one day, I would kind of do what you and I did. If we had one day, I would find a, you, you're in that highway, you'd hit that that center um, visitor center, and then you, you know, do one of those hikes right in that area. Um, Especially that art, hidden arch, Delicate. yeah, 
Yep, I, think, I believe it was, uh, what it was Yeah, I can't remember the name of the arch uh, that we walked to, but that was a good hike um, to do. You know, to, if the time of the year is right, uh, if we're making a day in Capitol Reef, uh, we talked about that orchard on our uh, ABCs of national parks. I'd probably hit that up too. Um, so I probably would add that into a day just because, I mean, it would be kind of cool to go have an apple or something, um, some sort of fruit in the park. Yeah, that, or if you're not into the visitor center thing and you're kind of like, oh, we're near the North unit or near the South unit, maybe just finding a hike or a quick, you know, something easy to do that day, four miles, six miles, somewhere in there and just be like, this is what we're going to do today. Um, Cause there is some parts of that park. It's a long skinny one. So if you're near a section and you want to see part of that section, I think that's the opportune time, you know, and when you're there. Yeah. I, I do think this is a park where like, if you only had one day, um, if you only saw one section, like small section of it, but you just turned it into one long day, day hike, uh, I think it would be very worth it to do it that route. Yeah. 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 No, that's a good, that's a good way of doing it. I'm dinging all, all day today. Sarah's blowing up my email. She's, she's yeah. working hard. 830. <laughs> Ranger Zach's a popular guy as always. So he's always dinging. Well, most of the episodes we get. Hey, that's the best part. You know, there's going to be one day, there's going to be one of you wonderful wanderers out there that's going to be like, I've counted the amount of dings that have happened on the Wandering Ways podcast, and there's been 56 dings. And then they'll be like, wait a second, in episode 4442, was that a ding or not? <laughs> yeah, just yeah. kidding. You can play along, play, make a drinking game to the Wandering Ways podcast. Whatever keeps you entertained, keeps us entertained. And you shoot us an email, shoot us a text, shoot us an Instagram shout out. Um, yeah, lost my looking for. Oh, you lost your monopod? So, yeah, well, it's my fault. I had my tripod and monopod on the back of the Jeep up on top. And I drove off. They fell off. <laughs> And this was all in town. I drove home and I was like, you know, I can't find this tripod. I'm thinking it was on top, like starting to like go through, got my Honda, drove the neighborhood, found the tripod on the road, couldn't find the monopods, but it has two wandering way stickers. So if you're out there, Uh there you go. There you go. Uh, No, I was going to give a recommendation. If you make a drinking game to the podcast, Uh, the dings would be a good one. Um, and then anytime I say hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah, because I say it a lot. Or clink, you can you can drink when we clink at the very beginning of each episode. Yeah, just just start your your day off. You just clink with us. You have a little drink. So you know that those would be the recommendations for the drinking game. If you do that, uh, if you if you choose to drink while you watch the Wandering Ways podcast, which you know you do you when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyways, um, we we're kind of at our time limit uh, today. We're running out of time here. So I guess it's kind of good. We're talking about drinking. It's the end of the day. Um, So we're going to move on into our final words. Um, So final words, my guy. Well, real quick, real quick. I got one question. One last question. Last National Park, first week of April, nine days, bringing a bike. They like the snow. They're tent campers. Is that the wrong time of year? Yes. 
All right. That's all we I need went to know. In, I, went, I went in June once and half of the park was closed because of snow. Um, so, you know, if you want to see most of the park, I, I don't even think you could bike it. Um, you know, I, I want to bike last in this summer, but I think you got to wait for the whole park to be open. And I don't think it will be open in April. Yeah, June it is. June it is. Yeah. Now, final words, my guy. We're here. I got one shout out to our friends at Oxidio. Oxdio. I say their name wrong. I call them Oxdio. Uh, lights, LED lights. They hook up the Rougarou. They send. They send us lights. We got LED brake lights. Um, already installed one set. This set goes on the other light. They got the reverse lights. Got the fog lights. Um, they even got a discount code 15% off. If you want 15% off some led lights for your car. And honestly, they're bright as shit. So I like them a lot. And, um, you use the code Rougarou, R-U-G-A-R-U. You'll get 15% off Oxteo lights. Um, or just shoot me a message. We'll get you hooked up They're They're, they're good. I like them a lot. Um, but with that being said, my guy, my final words, you know, go ask the questions, go, go, go find the answers to the questions you seek. You know, if you want to know what it's like in a day in Joshua Tree, go find out. If you want to know what it's like for a day in Capitol Reef, go find out, you know, go be the expert, go, go do a day there. And then you can give the advice. You can share the advice. We got to keep adventuring and exploring folks. All right, Reverend, up to you. I'm not surprised that you like really bright lights. Um, that one doesn't surprise me at all. Um, but anyways, Reverend's final words of wisdom. Just going to say uh, thank you, everybody. Stay beautiful. Can't thank you enough for sticking all the way through the episode like you guys all do. So it's super awesome. Uh, you know, sorry for the raspy voice today. I probably sound like I've been a smoker for like 40 years. Uh, that's just because I'm on the, the tail end of a real bad sickness. Uh, put me down and out for the count this last weekend. Um, I don't think I moved like much at all, but anyways, you know, get out there, hopefully feeling better this weekend so I can go out, do something supposed to be nice weather, uh, supposed to be cold, but it's supposed to be real nice. So I'm hoping to get out, do something, uh, been fortunate, not this last weekend. Cause I was out, but the weekend before I got out, wasn't the greatest, but I still got out, um, which is all that matters. Uh, but that being said, peace out, everybody. Bye.